You're listening to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. Subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Hey there, Dad. Do you want a job you can do online? What about a way to bring in some extra money for the family? If so, check out paidtowrite.co. That's paidtowrite.co. You can write articles, blog posts, social media posts, reviews, and more. Go to paidtowrite.co, click on the video, and Sarah will be happy to tell you how to get started. paidtowrite.co, go there now. Hey guys, how's your sex life with the wife these days? Too forward? Well, my guest today is here to help you be more sexually attractive to your wife. That's right. We're here to help you today, my friends. So listen up and maybe take some notes. His name is Dr. Mike Frazier. Dr. Mike helps high-achieving Christian men have more intimate marriages. He graduated magna cum laude in neuroscience from Brigham Young University, attended UCLA Medical School, and completed his residency training at UC Irvine. So I guess you could say he's a pretty smart guy. He married his wife, Elizabeth, in 2005, and they have five children. They face significant marriage struggles, including issues with trust and communication and intimacy, but they work together to rebuild their marriage using Christian principles and the best therapy and coaching practices. And in doing so, they found what really works to create amazing mental, emotional, and sexual intimacy in marriage. Mike now helps other guys like us have that same connection with our wives through his coaching practice and podcast, Strong Men, Strong Marriages. Dr. Mike, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's so great to have you. Hey, thank you very much. It's good to be here. No problem at all. So let's start with this, Dr. Mike. Take a minute and tell us what's the one thing that you want the guys out there to take away from our time together today? You know, I... To me, it's about kind of like my podcast is named like Strong Men, Strong Marriages to to be attractive, right? It's about building strength. So building strength across different areas, spiritual strength, mental strength, emotional strength, and sexual strength is the way that I talk about it. So if you are becoming strong across those areas, you are going to be much more attractive to your wife in all ways, including sexually. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about your story. Um, talk, touch on that for a minute. What happened with you and your wife and where did it go wrong in the beginning? Yeah. So, you know, we got married pretty young um, <clears throat> and things were great at first. You know, like we, we met, we really liked each other. We spent like every day together and um, just really seemed like the perfect match. Right. So um, we, we met in we met in March of 2005 we got married in july of 2005 so wow yeah <laughs> it was it was short <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah i mean the things things were good at first um but over time you know it just started to the uh, the sexual piece wasn't there as much mm-hmm. um it's happening less frequently um you know we had just so that to me was really frustrating, right? So as a guy, a Christian guy, I had waited until marriage to have sex, you know, kind of expected that this was going to be part of our marriage. Like at one point, I remember shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond and they had this pillow that was like one side said tonight and one side said not tonight. And my wife and I were like doing that. And she was like, we don't need that because I'm going to leave it on every, it's, it would say tonight, every night. So I was like, yeah, like this is going to be like, this is what I've been waiting for. Right. Um, 
but uh, it didn't turn out that way. So I felt you know, ripped off. I felt like I got lied to, you know, yeah. I felt like God kind of ripped me off, you know, like I, here I was like trying to like, do what he told me to do. And now I wasn't getting what I was wanting. Like the story I kept telling myself was like, like I'm doing all the work of a marriage, but I'm not getting the good part of a marriage. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- that kind of thought process was going on for a long time. Now, to add to the complexity of things, so my wife was, did have like really serious sexual abuse for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that complicated things. Huh. And, and I did understand that, like, coming in I did I actually didn't know the extent of it coming in yeah. but um but I knew that was going to be kind of an issue but yeah. to me I was like well like like I'm not like that you know like I'm I'm not the guy that hurt her so she should just be able to kind of like tell the difference basically mm-hmm. um so anyway it kind of uh that distance grew like I was still you know you know we were still doing stuff together we were still going on dates like from the outside we actually looked like we were doing fine, you know, right. like people would have said, like people literally said, oh, like, oh man, I wish our marriage was like yours. Like at our church, we were teaching like 11 year olds early in our marriage. And, uh, you know, as they grew up, they, they were like, oh yeah, like I just, I want our marriage to be like your guys. It's so good. The girls would say that more. <laughs> the guys didn't really come say that to me, but the, the girls would say that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like inside I was really, um, suffering and you know feeling ripped off and um so yeah um got to where i was like um we actually went a a whole year without having sex at one point and i was just like like what am i supposed to do here you know like am i like i didn't want to be unfaithful to her um just because of my own values but i felt like well you know, what am I supposed to do here? Like the one person that is supposed to have sex with me won't, but I'm not supposed to go anywhere else. You know, I don't want to look at pornography. I definitely did sometimes, but I, you know, mm-hmm. felt bad afterwards. Sure. And, and so it was just a rough spot. Um, so eventually like uh, several things happened, but the, the bottom line was like, I had to really look at myself and like how I was behaving and thinking towards her and about her and uh just see all the ways that i was really being very unattractive to Mm -hmm. her um and you know had to really adjust all that and um but yeah i talked about building strength like building strength across these areas so that um, i wasn't as needy and dependent on her for you know feeling good about myself and um yeah eventually like we kind of got it worked out to where like i was that stronger guy you know she had to do a lot of work on her own too to kind of work through her uh her trauma that she'd been through Um, sure but uh you know eventually we got there and now we're just like enjoying like we talked about like the mental connections there the emotional Mm -hmm. connections there sexual connections there like we know how to work through our difficulties and um yeah so now i teach guys the process to kind of get there. Yeah. So let's talk about the process a little bit. You you know, you told us about the how behind, you know, what you did to, um, uh, you know, had that disconnect and maybe where there were, there wasn't that mutual understanding on, on certain things. And then obviously everyone comes to, uh, in marriage with some kind of, 
you know, lack of a better term, baggage or some kind of uh, intimacy issues or connection issues that maybe they didn't have in their past in other relationships or growing up, things like that. What did the work look like for both of you? You touched on it a little bit, but can you take us a little bit deeper? Yeah, sure. So, you know, the way that I think about it now, so strength is one way to to think about it. Um, the other way that I think about it is like, a lot of times we've heard this saying, happy wife, happy life, right? <laughs> which is basically like, there's sort of like three problematic ideas inside of that. One idea is that you can make your wife happy, right? Mm. That's one idea that's in there. It's just, it's, it's just not true. So like that was really my story the first many years of our marriage. It was like, do everything I can to make my wife happy, right? Like if she, like the five love languages, I'm doing like all five of them. You know, she, she wants, uh, you know, she wants me home early. I'm home early. Like I'm turning down stuff at work so I can be here. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm don't, I'm not going with friends. So I want to be at home. Um, so all that, I just kind of like make her happy, make her happy, make her happy. Right. And so sometimes she was happy, but sometimes she wasn't. And so, you know, when she wasn't, I felt like a failure, like, yeah. you know, here I am doing all this and she can't be happy. So I was kind of resentful of her for that, you know, making all these sacrifices and she can't even just like be happy about it. So, you know, that's one problem with it. The other problem with happy wife, happy life is you kind of feel like, okay, like I had all of this to make you happy and now it's your turn, right? It's your turn to make mm-hmm. me happy. So mm-hmm. like the, the way that I describe it is what we're typically looking for from our wife is attention, appreciation, affection, and sex. Like those are kind of the main things. That's what I was looking for anyway. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, okay. Like I, I, you know, buy you a flower. Now it's time for you to have sex with me. Or like <laughs> I, I did the dishes now, like it's time, <laughs> like, you know, I did my, I did my side. Now it's time for you to do right. your side. So like you're doing these nice things, but there's these like strings attached to it mm. or what I call is the mosquito cycle. So like you are doing these nice things, but you're trying to suck off attention, appreciation, affection, and sex from her. Oh. And eventually she picks it up. Like, like you can get away with it for a while. Like she might not really know it's there. Um, especially during that kind of in love phase, you know, you're kind of, oh yeah, this I'm doing this for you. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm doing this for you. It kind of works at first. Right. But eventually she kind of sees, oh, like you're doing this not just because you like like me or you want to do something nice for me. You want something back from this. And so she starts kind of shutting that down. Mm. And then you get mad, right? You blow up. You either what I call explode or escape. You either get really mad at her or you turn to pornography or like whatever your preferred uh you know thing to dull your emotions is uh you know. work working out whatever it might be Uh, and you feel guilty and then you go back to doing lots of nice things and then you know maybe she responds for a little and then she stops and you're just kind of caught in this cycle um so yeah and then that uh that last part is that she has like the power to make you happy which really she um, i mean really she doesn't you have to make yourself happy at the end of the day um you know, I, I think of it too as like, like emotional, uh, like you have two cups, right? And like you have a certain amount of emotional energy in mm-hmm. that cup. And so like when you're walking around empty and you want your wife to dump into you, she can for a while, but eventually she's just like tired of that. She gets drained. Um, so 
so what guys will do is they're like, oh, she's drained. Now I better go somewhere else, right? And they'll have like an affair or an emotional affair or something like that. Um, but really the truth is like, if you can fill your worth up and your sense of fulfillment from God, right? And from mm-hmm. you like being who you want to be, like you walk out full and then you pour into your wife, right? And mm-hmm. now she, now she, right, is attracted to you. This, that's the whole paradox of this whole thing. The more you're trying to get this from her, the less you're going to get versus when you come to her and you're like, no, like I feel good about who I am and I care about you. And like, here's the funny thing. You can do the exact same things. Like you can buy her a flower, like a mosquito and you can buy her a flower, like someone who's full and trying to give to his wife. They're going to have totally different effects. Right. The other kind of caveat to that is if you've been the mosquito giving the flower for a long time, even if you do it the right way at first, like for a while, she's going to be like, I don't like this. <laughs> right. Right. But, but eventually as you like prove, no, like I'm not going to freak out if you don't put it in a vase right away or, you know, whatever, like I'm going to be fine. You know, and then she can be like, Oh, like there's not that buzzing, right. There's not the mosquito there. there you and go. Eventually she can t- trust that, but it does take, it takes some, you know, time to do that. Absolutely. Well, let's take a moment right there to thank our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to chat more with Dr. Mike about what are some of the more, what are some of the more concrete steps that we can take to be more sexually attractive to our wives? We will be right back. Hey dads, are you responsible for your household or business finances? If so, check out my website runthemoney.com. Run the Money is the place for money management tips for saving more, paying off debt, and budgeting. I also give you ideas and information for starting a side business. If you're in between jobs or need a way to get a better handle on your family's money, go to runthemoney.com for free articles on money management. That's runthemoney.com, R-U-N-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y, all one word, runthemoney.com. I'll see you there. All right, we're back with Dr. Mike. His coaching practice, Strong Men, Strong Marriages, helps Christian guys better connect with their wives. All right, Dr. Mike, so what, what's your secret? What is the secret? How, how do we make ourselves more sexually attractive to the wife? That's the $64,000 question, right? So tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so, you know, there's really, in, in my mind, kind of three pillars, right? Three foundations to have a passionate marriage, one that has the friendship and the sexual intimacy and all that. So the first part of that is trust. So mm-hmm. trust being one, one part of that is just like, you're going to follow through with the things you say you're going to do. And that may seem like um, pretty obvious, but I think what you'll find is if you look hard, you're probably not doing that in in a lot of ways sure (laughs) like um you know even if even if it's something small like okay yeah i'll be home at six right and then you're home at seven and they're like oh sorry yeah things just got late and your and your wife may just be like oh yeah it's okay like i get it but really what's happening is she's like oh i can't really trust this guy right Mm. i can't really follow through like i can't really know he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Sure. Um, right. I forgot. Like I do that a lot. Oh, I forgot. Right. Um, it, it's not good. Right. <laughs> because yeah. first of all, you don't feel as good about yourself, you know? Um, and then she can't really trust you. Like John Gottman, one of the big time marriage researchers, you know, found out that the number one, the number one attractive trait for women 
towards man, trustworthiness. Mm. That's it. Right. And so like I work with guys who have had affairs, uh, that kind of thing. Like they've blown that out. Right. Like trust is gone. And so now the other pillars like communication, intimacy, they're gone too, because when you don't trust somebody, you don't open up as much to them emotionally and, and mentally. You don't tell them what's going on with you because they don't, you can't trust them to like keep a secret or, you know, say what they're going to do or be able to manage it. So, you know, that's, uh, that's part of the first foundation is following through with what you're going to say you're going to do. The other part of that is really like managing your own sense of self-worth and your own emotions and Mm. doing that really well. Um, So again, the mosquito cycle and all that, it's built on you not really having a very strong sense of self. You're trying to borrow that from your wife. You're trying to make her make you feel good about yourself. So, you know, self-confidence, right? Where self-confidence comes from is you being a man of your word, right? Confidence, trust, like those things, you know, Mm -hmm. like those go together. Like if you have confidence in someone, you trust them to do something. So when you follow through, you start having more self-confidence, right? Oh, like I'm a man of my word. Yeah, I do what I say I'm going to do. You've had that sense of strength to you. So the other part of that is, um, you know, being a man who knows what he's, trying to accomplish in his life, right? Having some purpose and vision that you're working towards. Sure. You know, again, that feels solid. It feels strong. Just if you just nail down those two, you're actually going to be really attractive to your wife just right there, right? You're a man of your word. You're on a mission, right? You're following through with what you say. Already your wife's like, hey, like this is a guy, this is a good guy, right? I've got a good catch here. But, but then that other piece of like managing your own self-worth is so big because if you're not, yeah, you're trying to borrow it from her all the time. And it's mm. not safe. It's not safe because it's manipulative, right? Like when you have strings attached to what you do, you're not safe. Like right. you're really not. You're trying to take advantage of her. And that's like, that's not good. That's not safe. Um, the other thing, the reason I, I say I work with high achieving guys is this is a big thing for me and for a lot of guys who are, you know, educated, accomplished, um, you know, have, have gotten done a lot of things is we tend to kind of think we're better than the people around us and it can really come out against our wife. And so like when it comes to money, we kind of think, Oh, like I know better than her or, you know, with sex. Oh, like I'm, I'm more adventurous than her. She's like less developed or, you know, she's not as into it as me or like with housework, I do more than my share, you know? So like all of that kind of thinking it's, it's designed to kind of put you above her. Right. Um, and so that more than anything else is what is destroying for, for the guys I work with, right. The high achieving guys is that's one of the hugest things that's just killing the intimacy in their marriage, because what it looks like even to their wife, right. What it looks like is, Oh, here's a guy who's doing all the right things, right. He's, mm-hmm. he's working hard. He's out there, you know, uh, in the church, right? He, he's a, he's a good guy at church. You know, he's take, he does so much for the kids. He makes dinners, like he does all this stuff, but I just like, I don't know. I just don't feel it for him. And they're even their wife's kind of confused, but what's really happening is this mindset. It's like, I'm better than you. Right. And so their, their wife's like, yeah, I don't know. He does, he does do more than me, but I just am not attracted to him. That's the dynamic. That's what's killing it. It's what I call one up thinking. Like yeah. I'm, I'm better than you. I'm, I'm superior than you. Well, what I, what I hear in all that is 
inflated sense of self-worth and ego, yep. um, lack of humility. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you have this background in neuroscience and, 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 and coaching and psychiatry, things like that. But you're messing with a, a woman's sense of security, which is a very basic, yep. necessary, God-given natural instinct. And when yep. that's not there, uh, and then you're also playing down to her in terms of her own emotional state. I mean, you're taking and and using all the things that are that are uh, that are harmful to you, and then you're putting that on her because you think you're you think you're better, and then you're wondering why I'm not getting lucky tonight. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because she, she, again, she may agree with you. Right. And this is what happened. Like my wife and I went to our own marriage coaching and like saw this pattern, right. Mm. Which was basically like, Oh, I'm like, I'm the savior. Right. I'm me. I'm the guy that's like doing so much. And she's just kind of this poor suffering soul that I'm kind of like dragging along. (laughs) Like we both saw it that way. Right. And, and that was the problem more than anything mm-hmm. else. Like that was the problem. And so it, to your point, right? Like when you are trustworthy, that creates safety when you're not, there's no safety. And so like from that, you can't build the other pillars on top of it. You can't build communication, you can't build intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would do stuff like I'm actually, I'm writing a book right now. It's, it's called happy wife, happy life is a lie. Nice. But like as working on this, this part of it and just remembering like, all the little lame stuff I would do to just kind of like throw her under the bus, you know, mm-hmm. like just be like, uh, what was, what was one of them? Just like in the coaching itself, like the coach was like, Oh, would you guys be up for me? Like sharing your, your case. So like some other people can learn. I was like, Oh yeah, I will. And then I like look over at her, like, <laughs> cause I kind of knew she wouldn't want to. And so it was just like a way for me to look like, Oh, like I'm like good patient and you know my wife is you know there she is kind of this lower person but it was little stuff like that that would happen just all the time because i was out to prove that right i was out to prove you know i'm i'm the higher functioning one here yeah so and i think that it might easier happen with uh like if your wife has depression or anxiety Mm. or an abuse history or you know things like that's pretty easy to start thinking that way um but that thought is the problem right that belief is the problem you got to get rid of that um so yeah yeah the other part is being able to manage your own emotions well this all falls within trust because like let's say your wife comes to you and she's like hey i don't really like when you do that (laughs) i I don't really like when you say that i don't know anything about money right i actually do know something about money then you're like oh how do you say that right you get like all worked up or you get all defensive you know because you can't manage (laughs) 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 so you know basically what you're showing in that moment is i can't manage my own emotions right and so again she can't trust you it's very unattractive um you know, or like if you, if you go, oh, like, can we have sex tonight? She's like, oh, I'm tired. Right. And then you like pout. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, that's me. You go like walk out of the room or, you know, make sure she sees that you're sad or mad about it. You know, like I, I compare that to like a kid at the store who throws a tantrum, you know, like you get you on, are you like lay on the ground and like throw a fit? Like she's not going to want to jump in bed with a toddler. Right. Like, 
<laughs> so like all of that piece of just like internal management to me falls under that trust kind of umbrella. Like your wife can trust you. Just be a guy that's going to keep her safe, right? It's not going to lose his emotions. It's going to be able to handle himself and kind of like follow through with what he says he's going to do. Know what he wants out of life. Even if you can lock that one down, like you're in a pretty good spot. Um, but then if you can layer on top of that now, the second part, which is communication, right? So how good are you at actually listening to what your wife says and trying to understand it? Most guys, not that good, <laughs> like, especially, especially a guy who is like this sort of high achieving guy, you know, you got your own business, you, you're a professional, mm -hmm. you know, you're whatever. You're kind of used to like telling people what to do or people like listening to what you say. Right. Um, and so when your wife comes with a different opinion, a lot of times the, the first inclination is to be very judgmental of it. Just be like, that's dumb. Or like if she comes to you with a problem, you're like, oh, just do that to fix it, you know, yeah. just because that's kind of how your brain is used to doing stuff. Um, but that's not good communication. I mean, it kind of talks to safety too, but I, but I group it in communication. Because um, like, even if she starts feeling safe, like if she starts coming to you and then you shut everything down, like you're not going to have deep communication with her. So getting really good at listening and then getting really good at expressing yourself. Now, once you learn to manage your thoughts and emotions well, which is kind of in the first piece, it gets a lot easier to express yourself well because you understand yourself better. Um, and you also understand her emotions better because you understand your own better. Um, so you do that and then you're able to get to win-win agreements, right? Where you both feel like, you know, yeah, this is great, right? The way we manage our money, we're both on the same team. The way that we want to do our parenting together, yeah, we're, we're together on that, right? So now at that point, you're really in a great spot. Like you're pretty much unbreakable at that point. You know each other's hopes and dreams. You're supporting each other in them. Like you're best friends, let's say at that point, you know? Yeah. So then we stack on top of that, the intimacy piece. So this is when you bring in the fun and flirting and passion, like instead of, you know, just at the end of the day, just kind of like coming to your wife and be like, oh, hey, do you want to have sex tonight? Like actually like building some uh, tension throughout the day, like mm -hmm. some flirting through the day, bringing it up, uh, you know, giving her a kiss during the day, um, you know, giving her a hug from behind, it's sending her a nice note, you know, doing these things that just kind of like set the stage for, hey, like, I, I like you, you know, I, I like you more than friends. That's a, a joke my wife, my wife and I have. <laughs> like, uh, we like each other more than friends. So, um, so yeah, like, you know, once you stack that on top of it, um, and, you know, as far as like the, the physical part of sex, like, there's lots of books and stuff you can read on that, but none of that is going to matter if you don't have these other pieces in place first and that part then is just kind of fun and you guys experiment and kind of find things together but you know once that base is there that comes a lot more naturally no absolutely and actually i want to touch on some of the mistakes that we make when it comes to sex with the wife um in a recent episode of your show strong men strong marriages you spoke about the top sex mistakes we're making and how to correct them so can you take us through a couple of these and how they're actually turning our wives off. Yeah. So I'd have to look back at exactly the ones that I said in there. But, um, you know, again, that that like late approach is a big one. Just like 
not saying anything through the day and then all of a sudden oh hey like you, know, you want to have sex yeah and she's like like what you know where where did that come from um so yeah, having some fun and flirtation through the day is, is important um so you know another uh so that approach is one it, the other to me the biggest one is just kind of what we already talked about where it, just really believing that it's that it's owed to you right like mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest issue in all of this is either you feel it's owed to you just because she's your wife right and you're christian and like that's just part of the deal right or you feel like you've kind of earned it by you know uh I, oh yeah i did buy her flowers today or i did send her that note so now like that should result right. in sex like really all those things they're treating her like a prostitute mm. they really wow. are yeah. because you're saying okay like i bought it you know or worse if you're kind of thinking well like i provide for the house and so yeah that should be part of the deal like that really is it <laughs> because yeah. then you've really yeah. got kind of to bought it right right um, women they don't want to be treated that way they don't mm -hmm. want to be treated like a prostitute they don't want to feel like they owe it to you that you purchased it um you know that is in a nutshell like all there's lots of variations of that but it's just that mindset yeah. of like it's owed to me right do, do you think uh, let me interrupt you for a second because i just had this thought do you think that you know you mentioned pornography at the outset do you think some of that concept of being owed to you stems from you know i mean viewing that is like an epidemic among guys not only in the u.s but worldwide do you think some of it comes from that concept and trying to treat your wife you know like a prostitute like you said yeah, I mean, I think maybe that comes more in the sense of like what you what she may or may not be willing to do mm, sexually. Okay. I think maybe that comes up more, but at least with the guys I work with, it's not so much like them viewing pornography that makes them think that way. Mm. I think it's more just kind of a cultural or I don't know. I think especially in the christian faith right we just yeah. kind of think that's part of the deal um and so you know when we don't get it um it feels very frustrating it feels like a ripoff it feels you also feel trapped right because you're like well where's my outlet now like i don't mm -hmm. really have one yeah. if i want to stay true to my faith um so you know that's uh that's where i think you get in trouble i, I don't yeah i see pornography more as like an escape from that versus like fueling that sense of entitlement. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's talk about how to remedy some of this. We touched on it a little bit, but you have this amazing program that I was reading about. It's called the, the love intimacy and legacy program. Now, how does this help the guys out there that you're working with the guys out there who are struggling to connect with their wives or even worse, maybe even on the verge of divorce. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we really walk through these three steps, right? How do you become truly trustworthy, especially like if there's infidelity in any of them, trust is the foundation, but they're like, we're really, like, you really got to rebuild some trust there. So, you know, and you can't, that's the good news. Like you can. Um, and the other part too, in this is, you know, if someone comes into my program, we have to understand right off the bat, like, your wife is going to choose what she's going to choose right your job is to be a good choice that's mm -hmm. it 
Yeah. You've got to be a good choice. The, the, the funny part is when you actually focus on that, that is when the attraction happens, right? When you're not trying to like, I got to win her back. I got to win her back, which is needy and desperate and pushes her away. But instead you're like, look, I'm going to be a good choice for you. I'm going to treat you well and you can choose me or not. I hope you do. But if you don't, you know, I understand, right? I have been a bad choice. You know, that approach is just, it feels much better and it's just way more attractive. So, you know, we work through these steps, right? Rebuilding trust, getting really good at communicating, getting really good at, um, you know, bringing back that fun and flirting and passion, which again, usually guys just, that just happens once you build these other two, but we do like a little bit of training on that. Um, so we go 90 days every single day. They're in there basically. So we go through, there's modules you do and stuff, but every day you come in, in the morning, you go through a very set exercise. The foundation of the whole program and like what I do and what I believe and what I really will tell you is the truth is that everything that happens in your life starts with the way that you're thinking about things. Mm, And so like, if you have right thinking, right, then you feel better, right? And then you act better. Now you do sometimes need like to, to understand what are good actions to take. But the problem is if you pair right action with wrong thinking, it doesn't work, right? Like we talked about, you can get your wife a flower, but if you have wrong thinking behind that, it doesn't work, right? right. It's not that giving her flowers is a wrong thing. It's just you paired it with the wrong thinking. So we just get in and get dig deep into how are you thinking about yourself? How are you thinking about your wife? How are you thinking about your kids, right? Really being deliberate about the way that we're thinking about those things. And then that helps you feel, let's say, loving towards your wife. So when you're consistently walking around feeling loving towards yourself and your wife, you're going to do things that are loving, right? Your intention behind those actions is going to be loving. And all of that is attractive, right? What we always look at is, is your feeling attractive or not? Is your intention attractive or not? Right. And so we just get really detailed. And so every morning they go through an exercise again to kind of put their minds in a good place. They take some time to connect with God, jot down God's message to them for the day. It's been really cool. We kind of build off each other's kind of messages. It's, It's, you know, cool, inspiring thing. During the day, now you're working on the skills, right? How do I interact with my wife? How do I communicate well? Then in the evening, they go through a very structured kind of review of their day. And then I review that every day, Monday to Friday, and just give them feedback on it. Okay, this went well, this didn't, here's what you missed, you know. And so every day they're just seeing improvements and they're just like getting results so fast because the, the cool thing about changing your thinking is it can happen like that. You know, like there doesn't have to be a delay in the way that you think. Now, you know, what happens, right, is you, so you make these shifts fast, you're, you're changing, and your wife's going to put resistance against it, you know, because she wants to believe that that changes are happening, but she also wants to know that it's not just like a game and it's it's going to stay, right? So her correct response is to either give you no feedback or even give you negative feedback and she might do this consciously but i think it's generally unconscious right but it's the right thing for her to do because she has to prove to her and you have to prove to yourself that like 
my wife's response actually doesn't matter. I'm still going to behave in this way because right. that's who I want to be as a man. And then once you prove that now you're super attractive and you have that connection. So yeah, it's basically how it works. You know, every day we're going through, we're getting coaching every day. We do a weekly group call. Um, we do an initial one-on-one call, just like make sure you understand the, the process, but yeah, man, I mean, guys are getting results faster than ever because of this daily work compared to like, you know, a weekly therapy where most of the time you forgot most of what happened during the week and you come in and like, and then you don't implement anything all week. It's right. kind of, this is why like traditional marriage counseling doesn't have the best reputation is because a lot of times not much is happening the rest mm-hmm. of the week. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So this way, just every day, man, you're in there and like you're committed for 90 days. The reason we do it 90 days too is it takes between like 21 and 60 days to build a habit. So you go 90, like you're locked in, like this is now a habit for you. Well, and you know, I was, I was going to mention the habit thing. I'm so glad that you did, but then also us guys, we need that structure. If we're not making, you know, that 1% change of an improvement every day or doing something towards it, like you said, we're going to forget about it. It's not going to be on our schedule. It's got to be on the schedule. It's got to be, we're very action oriented and that that's the way our, our brains are wired. I mean, you're a neuroscience. That's what, it's like one of, it's like probably the first class, right? Uh, I mean, men no, need totally. to do something. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the other thing that I've learned, right, is because I used to think, and I think this will be a good take home for, for everybody, right? I used to think that, you know, as a guy, you should just do the right thing all the time because it's the right thing. That is the ideal, but I'd say like, this is something I learned from my own coaching, probably like 1% of guys operate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, there's this, like maybe 2% that just like doesn't care, right? They do the wrong thing and whatever. They're probably in jail, most of these people. Right. Um, but then in that like 97% area is like me and you, right? And most guys where you're going to do the right thing, but when like there's somebody watching, <laughs> basically, yes. like yes. there's the accountability piece. So like now mm-hmm. the accountability in the program is super high. Like every day you got to be showing up. Um, and even for myself, like when I started adding that in, like I've taught these, these, you know, concepts for a long time, but when, I, when I knew like there's people waiting for me to like do my post, cause I do my post too. Like I'm not, I'm doing the same thing. These guys are, um, like when I knew they were waiting, I didn't miss, like I have not missed a day, but a huge part of that is because I know somebody is watching, right? Yes. Like I know somebody's on the other side. There have been nights where I'm like, oh man, like I really don't feel like it or, <laughs> or like, oh man, like it's 11 o'clock. I forgot to do it. And but I'm like, I'm not going to freaking miss because like somebody's sitting there. And if I don't do it, like I can't ask them to do it. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, you got to be, you got to set the example as a coach, as a parent, and even in many ways as the husband. We're called to be leaders yep. in the home, leaders in the church. Um, yep. At the very least, we need to set the example and 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 raise the bar in many ways. Or are we going to live a godly life or not? That's what it comes down to. Because we're going to be judged for it at some point by the man upstairs. So. Totally. No, the best compliment I've gotten, and I've gotten this a few times now from guys in the program, is like they feel more connected to God at the end of the program. And to me, like that's that's it, right? Like my my job is to try to use like God's spirit and use my gifts and talents to like help guys. But at the end of the day, like 
I'm me, like I'm limited in what I can do, but if they can really get that strong connection with God and pair it with like some good skills they've learned in this, like, you know, they're going to take that forever and just like God's always available to them. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's what I think is the biggest compliment to me and really what we're trying to do all of us, right. Is just get that connection deeper with God. Absolutely. That's the ultimate compliment. If you ask me, well, uh, now is the time of the show, the fatherhood five, the lightning round, my favorite segment of any show that I do. I I just, I I always think it tells the most about a person when you you give them these five pointed questions. So first thing that comes to mind, 30 seconds or less, ready to go. Sure. All right. First one, what is the most rewarding thing about being a parent? Oh man, I think you know, this are now as part of the, like part of the program, right? We do this kind of visualization thing in the morning. To me, it's just like seeing those the smiles with the kids, right? And just like spending that time together, um, you know, seeing them uh, grow, right? Mm-hmm. Connect with God, connect with themselves, uh, you know, and being able to be a, a part of that. Absolutely. Now, what about the most difficult thing about being a parent? So I think it's just controlling yourself. <laughs> like, mm, yeah. I think for me, you know, it, I talk about this on my podcast all the time, but like my, my boys are older now. Um, one's almost 16 and one's uh, uh, 13. So we play sports a lot and um they can like beat me sometimes now. And that's been really hard on me. Uh, just as like a competitive guy, like I just say I've gotten like so mad in the past. And so I think it's just like really managing yourself, right. Managing your own emotions, taking yourself out of it. You know, the, the kind of the, the revelation I had on that a couple of days ago is just like being their fan instead of their competition in, in yeah. that particular case. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think being a parent, it just like really shows you where you're off. <laughs> and, and so like just being able to to look at that and say, okay, like this is an area for growth instead of being like putting it on them. Oh, like you're just a jerk, right? Or you shouldn't be such a brat. Um, but being like, oh, shoot, like I need to not act like that right? <laughs> and, like, not, and not think that way or feel that way. No, absolutely. And one of the biggest things that, I mean, as you know, you, I'm sure you work with it is being able to regulate our own emotions. And uh, I actually in last season, season three, I had David Thomas on who wrote this awesome book called Raising Emotionally Strong mm. Boys. Nice. And yeah, I got to I got to tell you, I mean, it, it changes the it changed the way my wife and I uh, view how we're going to raise our son. We have a son. I have a six and a half year old son and a four and a four year old daughter. And when you, you t- spoke like that about your about your sons, it's just like the concept of having that emotional toolbox mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, be in a position where, yeah, you're rooting for whether it's a friend or your own, your own family or something like that, as opposed to being, well, how can I put myself ahead of everybody? Right. And, yeah. and just having that in our, in our own relationships, in our marriages. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. So thank you for that. Thank you for bringing <laughs> that up. <laughs> uh, how do you react when one of your kids does something wrong? Oh, it depends on the day, (laughs) but you know, um, in my best moments, right. I'm able to, um, you know, some of the, the, use some of the tools that I know, 
right? Like take myself out of it. Just help them see like, is this going to create what you want in your life or not? Mm, right. Yeah. Like, does this make you feel the way that you want to or not? Right. Does this create outcomes for you that you want or not? Right. So use it as a teaching moment. I, I, I love that. that. That's exactly what we're about here on dad devotional. So that's perfect. Uh, fourth question, best resource on having a better Christian marriage other than any of your own programs or your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the best one. <laughs> but, um, let's see. So, tell me, tell me the question again. Just marriage in general, or Chris, Christian marriage? I mean, you can you can touch about on on sexual intimacy or another topic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Christian marriage. Hmm. Here's my here's my my thing with some of that. So, like stuff like five love languages or like. Um, his needs, her needs, love and respect that are like more Christian based. Mm -hmm. I think my hang up with some of those is that it can get you into this problematic thinking, which is, okay, let's take five love languages. Um, Okay. If I give my wife her love language, she needs to give me mine back. And if Mm -hmm. she doesn't, I don't need to give her hers. I think it's really easy to get into that thinking with those kind of like um, the quid pro quo kind of deal exactly. give and take yeah exactly yeah and so I, I think you just have to be careful i think they have good concepts but you just can't take that mindset into it of like okay like his needs her needs like like you need to meet my needs <laughs> like i'm at yours now it's your turn that's that whole like happy wife happy life thing that got me in trouble and gets lots of guys in trouble so sure. um i think you know, it's not exactly even a marriage book, but uh, but Seven Habits of Highly Effective People mm. is one of my favorite, just because it's about personal, it's like managing yourself, right? And then how do you take that into relationships? Um, wow. You know, win-win and seek first to understand, like those two concepts will take your marriage farther than anything. That's like one of the big things that we focus on in the program is just getting really good at that. But to get good at that, Right. To actually really understand your wife, you've got to manage your own emotions or else you won't be able to listen to her. So, um, so yeah, I, I'd say that one, Seven Habits, is just kind of like a good foundation of how relationships work. I love that as a as a marriage tool. That's a, that's a great idea. I love that. We will link that up in the show notes. Stephen Covey, right? If I yep. correct me if I'm yep, wrong, yeah, that's what I thought. Can't go wrong there. I mean, that guy, that guy was, uh, he was truly amazing. Yeah. Uh, give us a Christian quote or a Bible verse that you're meditating on lately. Oh, you know, with all this um, kind of one-up mentality stuff, you know, I'm looking at, you know, just the ones about where Jesus is really getting mad at hypocrites, right? Mm. It's like, you, you know, you look for these titles in the, in these titles and all this, and, you know, um, you have your reward. Like you already got it. Like if that's what you're looking for, you already got it, man. Like, and so whether that's in your marriage, right. And you're looking for that appreciation, like that's it. That's all you're going to get. If you approach it from a service standpoint, like you feel good and you're also more likely to get, you know, more of what you want back. So yeah, I think that's one that kind of whole section there. I can't like quote one to you right now. I wish I could, but, but that, uh, just that part in there of basically like, don't do it for, you know, 
the appreciation or yeah. the like honor of the world or you know for what you want from your wife that just do it because you want to serve in that way mm, amen that, that's a, that is the perfect way to to end this talk um but we're going to give you a chance to um tell us where we can connect with you and learn more about your programs and your podcast yeah, great. So yeah, like, as you mentioned, you know, the podcast is Strong Men, Strong Marriages, and it's on all the major platforms. Um, and then um, you can either, uh, it's probably easier to remember, just go to strongmenstrongmarriages.com and that'll send you to my website. Perfect. We will link all that up in the show notes. Dr. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank oh, you for fun. helping uh, Christian men get out of their own heads and get unstuck and, and really try to build more intimate marriages. May may God grant you many blessed years for your family, for your wife, and for your coaching practice. Uh, take care, my friend. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot. No problem. Thanks for listening to Dad Devotionals. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Until then, God bless.